Welcome to Faith and Family, a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. And now from Greenville, South Carolina, here's your host, Steve Wood. Hello, this is Steve Wood and welcome to Faith and Family. Thank you for joining us today as we continue our study on common Christian problems. And today we're going to take a, a serious look at a very important problem, and that is youth suicide and how that relates to the coronavirus pandemic. The coronavirus pandemic is very real. Some deny that it's real, but it is very real. But yet we've seen a constant and excessive fear-mongering by the press. And some leaders, church leaders, civic leaders, educators have overreacted. About 62% of American adults think the media has exaggerated the pandemic. They like ratings, and if you're scared, you watch more. Yet the overreaction by some leaders is causing others to say that the coronavirus poses no threat at all. And that's simply not true. But I'm going to give you uh, a few examples of overreaction. Most of these examples are from right here in South Carolina. Um, a couple of my young adult children went over to a local park to go for a walk, and the park was closed with flashing police lights, uh, multiple police at the entrance. Like, this is going to destroy our community by going for a walk in fresh air and getting some sun, which helps the body produce vitamin D. You realize that viruses follow a seasonal schedule, and in the dark months, they go up, and the bright months, it goes down. Uh, that just didn't make sense to me. And why do you have to have police lights flashing as you go over to go for a walk in the park? Uh, here in South Carolina, this didn't last too long. For about two weeks, you couldn't have a recreational campfire. Again, enjoying the great outdoors. Uh, for a little while, you couldn't have a family boat ride. You could only have two people in a boat, and you have mom and dad leave the kids on the dock. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what they expect. But again, getting out in the fresh air with the boat and sunshine, that's a healthy thing. And yet South Carolina shut down boat ramps, and believe me, our governor really heard it on that one. You couldn't fish on the piers, and I couldn't quite catch the meaning of this, but boats who did go out were not allowed to anchor or pull up on a deserted island. I, I'm sorry. It's just lunatics. But now this one is from my former state, great state of Florida. The New Bucks quarterback, Tom Brady, was arrested in Tampa for jogging by himself. Uh, the mayor <laughs> had to apologize to him. There's their multi-million dollar quarterback and arrested for jogging. I just want to bring to our attention today, and again, I know this pandemic is very real, my belief, and you can disagree with me, but my belief is that we have overreacted. And that overreaction, particularly with our youth, uh, our school closures, the extreme social distancing to the point of isolation, it's causing some problems. This is from the Washington Post. It says, quote, 
As the United States COVID death toll moves relentlessly beyond 200,000, data shows that only about 100 children and teenagers have died of the disease. COVID-19 has become the nation's third leading cause of death this year, but listen to this, but 18 states have not seen a single fatality among people under 20. According to the statistics compiled by the American Academy of Pediatrics and the Children's Hospital Associations, these numbers are all the more remarkable because respiratory diseases typically hit the young and the very old and children much more than others. And the article goes on to say that children are much more likely to die of drowning than they are of the coronavirus. Now, the statistics coming in regarding youth mental health during the coronavirus uh, lockdown and reaction, so to speak, are serious, very serious. Youth mental health and the suicide risk has already been skyrocketing in our country for the past dozen years. But here's what's going on just between April 2019 and April 2020. Medical insurance claims for self-harm, that would be things like cutting or maybe something even more serious, self-harm among 13 to 18-year-olds increased 99% between 2019 and 2020. And interesting, two to one, the claims were for females. If you remember, if you were with us when we talked about transgenderism, it seems like girls and young women are really going through a very difficult time in our culture. And it seems that they have really experienced uh, the coronavirus lockdowns to an extreme way. 99% increase in the 12 months since the lockdowns. Anxiety disorders among 13 to 18-year-olds were up 93%, and depressive disorders up, again, 93%. And this is what actually caught my eye. It came from my neighboring state, North Carolina, a great place, but a a North Carolina school superintendent said this, quote, the suicide rate among teens is higher than the coronavirus death rate in their county. Now, we don't hear the press reports of these statistics. So many suffer with depression, anxiety disorders in silence and could our overreaction, I'm not saying this isn't a problem, it's a serious problem, but could our overreaction be causing problems that we're overlooking, that aren't being really reported like all of the other statistics that you see almost every single broadcast. Here's another one from North Carolina. Macon County, North Carolina. It's an absolutely beautiful part of God's creation. But the school officials discovered on social media a suicide pack 
amongst middle school students, and as many as 20 students were involved. Did you just hear that? 20 students forming a suicide pack. Middle school kids. So, what should we be doing? And, uh, you know, my suggestions are not going to be perfect, but at least I'm going to try to make suggestions because I care about young people. So here's, here's a suggestion. You may disagree, agree, or whatever, but here it goes. For instance, a practice of taking temperatures when a student enters school, personally, I think that's a great idea. Why? You know and I know that some parents send sick kids to school, apart from the coronavirus pandemic. And rather than uh, locking down the whole school in an extreme way and extreme measures and separating friends that might be in an uh, uh, adjoining class, uh, let's take the temperatures before they enter school every day. Just have a bunch of those digital thermometers and just that's part of just coming in. But uh, these are questions, but I put to you a question. Do we really need masks while outside on playgrounds? Okay, I know some people do. I know some people drive around in their cars by themselves with a mask, but I put the question out there. Do we really need to cancel all sports and music programs? Do we really need to eliminate all social interactions amongst the students and various activities, school activities that school children enjoy so much? You know, there's a real problem with the social distancing that our children, obviously we want to be protective, but, you know, if we really want to be hyper-protective, worry about drowning because that's higher risk and down, uh, dying from coronavirus. And in some locations, the coronavirus is a lower risk than suicide. But loneliness arising from the social distancing and isolation could be having a severe effect. We This, I don't have any stats for youth, but I can tell you this, the University of Phoenix did a study during the coronavirus pandemic and found that 44% of U.S. adults are more lonely than they have ever been in their lives. And lo loneliness is a known risk factor for suicide. So again, we need to really balance risk and other activities that promote the welfare and flourishing of our youth. Simply locking everything down and taking extreme measures may be harming them more than helping them. And now, um, <laughs> here we go. Uh, I'm just gonna talk to church leaders for a moment. Should we really be so willing and quick to cancel church youth programs. Now, again, I don't have the youth statistics on this, but we do know from the Journal of American Medical Association, Journal of Psychiatry, said that American women who attend religious services at least once a week were five times less 
likely to commit suicide. And remember, the stats I just mentioned to you, the mental health problems are being led two to one by girls versus boys. And at least with adults, adult women, attending a religious service once a week leads to a five times less likely chance to commit suicide. Now, I realize that some church leaders, and actually I would have thought this myself if I hadn't seen this research, some most church leaders I would assume say, well, we're going to go video, and it's going to be online, and kids are online all the time anyhow, so this will work great. This will actually be better for youth than those maybe like myself struggling to figure out how to use Zoom, okay? Well, Barna organization, the polling organization, showed that one in three practicing Christians stopped streaming church services during the early months of the pandemic. One in three stopped, and fully 50% of Christian millennials, youth, were not tuning in to online worship services. Now, these were Christian young people who were attending church prior to the pandemic lockdowns. Now, it is really hard to keep youth practicing their faith and regularly attending church in any situation, any season, any environment. And and then with the coronavirus pandemic, 50% stopped streaming. And this is a critical problem. Now, youth need Jesus. And what are they getting instead of uh, a church service or a youth meeting, weekly youth meeting? Meeting, they, They're getting some type of addictive technology. They're on their phones all the time or gaming all the time. But the youth, and this is where the church and youth groups can provide life direction, meaning, What's it all about? Because uh, with what's being offered through the secular culture to young people leaves them void of meaning. Uh, We all need grace for living in stressful times, not less grace, but more grace. And then it's my opinion that our culture literally seems to have lost its reason. We're saying, you know, boys can become girls, girls can become boys, and and um, two men can marry each other and this type of thing, it's a sign that we have lost our reason. And people take this with dead seriousness. And so young people, remember, they didn't live in a previous uh, decade or generation and see life as normal and then get older like I am and say, boy, this isn't the world that I grew up in. No, this is the only world they know. And so they need light in the midst of a culture that seems to have lost its reason. Now, some very practical things. If you as a parent uh, think your child may need to see a counselor, you really want to ask the counselor two questions very quick. Number one, do you have specific training in suicide prevention? Okay, It's not just the fact they have a counselor's degree on the wall and certified by the state to be a counselor. No, specifically, do you have training in suicide prevention? And then second, right along with that, 
Do you have clinical experience with cases of threatened self-harm? Okay, training and experience in suicide prevention. I had a show on suicide prevention for adults, particularly with the financial stress that we did earlier this year. And I had a quote from David Jobes, the director of the Catholic University of America Suicide Prevention Lab. And he said, a well-intentioned and otherwise competent therapist who does not know how to effectively treat a suicidal person can result in the most tragic mental treatment outcome possible. Uninformed therapy can make the difference between a life saved or premature death for someone who cannot bear their suffering any further. Okay, now that's two questions to ask of a potential counselor. Sometimes hard to find a a good counselor. Very often it's hard to find a good counselor. Now here are two questions that any parent can ask their teen or young adult. It's the same question a priest, a youth leader, a deacon, or a friend can ask a teacher, uh, a, a young person going through a tough time. Here's two questions. This comes from the Journal of Biblical Counseling. You ask first, on a scale of one to 10, what number would best describe your pain or struggles? Have you ever been in the hospital for an operation and they kind of ask you to indicate your pain level so that they can appropriately apply the proper medication and such? If somebody comes and says, well, you know, I'm eight, nine, or 10, um, that's serious, and you may need to find professional help. And then secondly, the second question, you ask, what have you done to reduce your pain or reduce your struggles? In other words, they say nothing or what could you do? And they say, I don't know anything to do. Well, then that person having excessive pain and not having any strategies to deal with that pain needs help. Okay. Now, for adults, young people, and everyone in between, you know, I believe there's a very calming effect to know that there are health options that are not being discussed in the press, the secular press, and I dare say in the Catholic press and Catholic reporting, very meager reporting about what other options might be out there other than recommending a uh, unproven experimental vaccine that was produced using cell lines from aborted babies. What about things like vitamin C, particularly the liposomal vitamin C, or zinc, vitamin D, or the nebulizing hydrogen peroxide, if you've ever heard of that? There's a new newspaper, conservative newspaper, that's put out by a group of strong uh, Chinese uh, anti-communists. These are really strong anti-communists. It's called the Epic Times. It's a very interesting magazine. And during the entire uh, launch of the pandemic and when it was going around and everybody was you know, terrified of it, they had extensive and repeated reporting on what things you could do to help boost your God-given immune system. Or if you got sick, 
What could strengthen your immune system so that you could successfully recover so you don't have to go on a ventilator? Why is that missing? I think I'll tell you one reason is because you'll get heat when you recommend health options other than what is constantly nonstop reported on every press uh, or TV news reporting show, even tonight, okay? You'll get some heat. I've gotten heat for recommending things, and that's okay because I want to help people, but we need to have some other options. In fact, there's two options out there. They're brand new. One is a free book, and it's a rather extensive book because uh, I'm aware I, I recommended the nebulizing uh, effect to help the lungs overcome a viral infection. Well, Dr. Thomas Levy, a board-certified physician, is offering a free book on the internet entitled Rapid Virus Recovery. Let me repeat that again so we don't get a lot of emails. Uh, And it's okay to email us at askthehost at gmail.com. But here it is, the book Rapid Virus Recovery by Dr. Thomas Levy, L-E-V-Y. And this book, it's a big book. It's 300 pages. It's free, comes as a PDF, and has over 600 references from peer-reviewed scientific and medical journals, okay? Because a lot of people try to blow this up because the press isn't talking about it. It couldn't be true. Or if you're kind of like the... um, uh, the quick and easy version of this, if you just Google Dr. Thomas Levy, and he has a five-page article entitled, An At-Home Treatment That Can Cure Any Virus, Including Coronavirus. At-Home Treatment That Can Cure Any Virus, Including Coronavirus. So Dr. Thomas Levy, this is just a calming effect. And, you know, our children, particularly the young ones and the teens, can pick up the stress that parents go through. And it's maybe for them, um, it's unlimited. They just know their parents are stressed. They may not know why or exactly why. And so they take it even further. And just, just remember that there's a calming effect knowing that there's some other health options than what's being put out there. Now, coming back to suicide prevention, uh, it can really help somebody who has engaged in self-harm or uh, threatened suicide or even attempted suicide, and I'm talking about youth here, having what's called a suicide safety plan can cut rates of suicide in half. These are now widely used. Like if you would go to an emergency room treatment or a psychiatric center, they would send you home with a safety plan. And I'm looking at one here I just uh, downloaded from the internet. And just the first step, what are some warning signs in your life that you're headed for trouble? And people know this. It's just what thoughts or images are going off in your mind what situations are you in or what behavior are you doing that shows to you that a crisis is developing? Okay, that's just the warning signs. And then step two, what are some coping strategies? What can I do to take my mind off my problems without contacting another person? Like I'm a big believer in 
being outdoors, getting that vitamin D, some nice sunshine, some physical exercise, for me, that would be a very practical step. And there's an opportunity to fill in, you know, two or three different types of coping strategies just that you do. Step three, and this starts to get very important, people that provide assistance for you. And not I'm not talking about a, a friend you can call and get counseling, particularly if you're a teenager, you probably don't want to do that, but just somebody to connect with. Uh, this is kind of really important. And again, with the social isolation and distancing, this becomes more important. So just people that just provide friendship. And then step four, people who I can call and ask for help. It could be a family physician, uh, a, a teacher trained in recognizing some of these signs of suicide threats. Uh, it could be a counselor that you have talked with and you put their names down on the safety prevention plan as well as their phone numbers. You don't want to have to go looking it up. It's right there. When you need it, you get it. And then there's different professionals or agencies that you can call during a crisis. Personally, I would love to see uh, that the Catholic diocese would always have that emergency number with a counselor who is, one, trained in suicide prevention, and two, has experience in suicide prevention. And just having these contact numbers, I dare say today, we just had a phone call here and I was thinking somebody's going to call for this. I don't know of one locally. I'm not trained in this. I don't know of a person locally. So it really helps to be prepared in this. This is reaching skyrocketing levels. And I really sense that young people, more than normal times, and these aren't normal times, what's going on in our culture, suicide rates and depressive rates and, and all with youth were skyrocketing for 12 years before the coronavirus came along, and now they practically doubled over the past year. So we really need to do something about it and be prepared to do do something about it. And again, this not, might not be your child, but if you're listening to this broadcast, this is episode 328 of Faith and Family, and you can refer them to listen to this just to get a game plan to start the journey for healing. I'm Steve Wood, your host, and thanks for listening to Faith and Family Radio. Faith and Family is a radio outreach of Family Life Center International. Visit us online at dads.org.